Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything. Prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I have learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. Speaking openly about my experience of grief and helping to support others while they do the same serve as regular reminders that we are not alone. When we allow all the parts of us to have an expression of life, including and especially the painful ones, we may just feel more human and less like robots on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and from others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path Podcast. Today we're chatting a little bit less about grief and a little bit more about just plain old humanity. The name of this post is entitled, It Happens to Us Every Day, Part 2 and it's linked in the post. A few months back, I shared a blog post entitled, It Happens to Us Every Day. Throughout the post, the intended message was that grief is not a singular event. (laughs) It doesn't stop and start. You probably figured this out. When we are forced to live without someone so dear to us, grief happens to us again and again. And again, there's a click to the full blog post. As we move into a new year, I wanted to share a different perspective on this theme. Most of the content that I share in this blog is created from a place of learning to live without someone we love. But today, I'm stepping away from the grief theme and going straight for the core of another challenge we face on a daily basis. It happens to us every day. Systematic dehumanization. Little by little, dent by dent, you're all literally losing critical aspects of our humanity in a, quote, death by a thousand cuts, unquote, manner. So let's look at this word dehumanization. Uh, I have a definition from Oxford, and it says the process of depriving a person or group of positive human qualities. Now, this could be a really long post if I wanted to define all of these, but really, I think we generally understand what systematic dehumanization means. And we now have a working definition, which again is the process of depriving a person or a group of positive human qualities. So today's blog is about how we as humans are perpetuating systematic dehumanization without knowing it and identifying small actions 
we can engage in to maintain our civility. As we move through the world, there is endless interaction potential between us and the world around us. But these intersections are shutting down one by one. Here are a couple of scenarios that illustrate this point. See if any of them resonate. Have you ever approached the checkout section of a store only to find that the line is backed up for self-checkout while there's only one live cashier among many empty kiosks originally designed to accommodate shoppers? Have you ever waited on hold for a live person for an extended period only to be disconnected and having to start over? Have you ever tried to find a new doctor or dentist? Have you ever sat in a business meeting where everyone stares at their phones until it begins? Have you ever attempted to replace your phone? Have you ever contacted an agency of any kind and been unable to get a live person who actually has the capacity to assist? Have you ever had a problem with a chosen cable or internet service? Question mark. Have you ever driven through a fast food line, or I have in parentheses double line, which is what we're seeing now, where the consumer is so strongly incentivized to use the non-human mobile app that there are separate parking places if you do, and they'll bring your food right out to your parked car. I've had that happen. Have you ever, here's a good one, have you ever received sales pitch from a healthcare provider that boasted a sale on something that until now had never been commoditized? For example, quote, 20% reduction on various lab tests and procedures at our location, unquote. <laughs> Book your next test today. Have you ever noticed the aggregate decline of our ability to peruse? select, and purchase items in an actual store <laughs> and notice the resultant shutdown of various smaller business businesses and even massive retail chains altogether. The last one I have is, have you ever experienced a live person in any capacity that is unwilling or unable to do anything to help the situation for which you are seeking assistance? We can all answer yes to a lot of these. So these are just a few day-to-day -day examples of how we might be experiencing these what I call dents to the strength of our humanity, not because any of them are dire, but because they chip away at our faith in the system. What system? <laughs> the system in which we believe that if we seek help, we will eventually find it. The system where if we're kind to others, others will also be kind. There are certain aspects of life that should not be commoditized, like healthcare. Every time we have a chance to interact with the world around us, it seems we are finding less and less humanity in the room. Spoiler alert, <laughs> it's up to us to bring it. Exclamation point. So let's agree for purposes of this post 
that it indeed seems harder than ever to get help with anything, anywhere, anytime. As a quick example, I once flew with Zach from Atlanta, Georgia to Washington, D.C. Since I travel with his feeding pump in my carry-on bag, I lost it as it somehow fell out of my bag uh, during travel, and I think it was in the trunk uh, in the car on the way to the airport. It kind of fell out, and I didn't realize it until we were all the way home. So after making several panicked phone calls to our medical supply company, I finally reached the driver of the vehicle that was due to bring us a replacement pump, or so I thought. When I got a hold of this driver and I told him we need this pump by bedtime, Zach was fed at that time, this is over a decade ago, maybe fifteen year, more than 15 years ago, was fed over uh, by machine over 12-hour stretches of time. So when I told him that, I said, we need this thing by, by bedtime, he literally laughed. He was literally actually amused by our predicament. And on a now that's funny fashion, he said it was impossible to bring a pump that evening. I was tired, scared, frustrated, and feeling desperate. And I told him, I'm not ordering a pizza here. This is a critical life support machine that we need. And after he refused to entertain even the possibility of finding a way to help, I ended up spending the next 24 hours feeding Zachary by gravity via two-ounce syringes, one cc at a time, as that was the only way he could digest his nutrition without the pump. And thank God we're not there anymore. The feeding pump was delivered the following afternoon, and all was well, except I was tired. I share this experience to illustrate the nuance of what death by a thousand cuts feels like. To begin with, the pump was my responsibility and I blew it, so I own that mistake. But in that ownership of my part, there was no humanity on the other end to say, wow, that sucks. Hey, listen, I feel your pain. There's no way to get a pump delivered tonight. Perhaps you can talk with this doctor about other options or, and or I can put you in touch with the distributor and make sure your delivery is first on the schedule for tomorrow. There was none of that from this driver. There was only sarcasm and apathy. He literally responded with a laugh that had him coughing. See if I can do it. And he said, <laughs> lady, <laughs> that's never going to happen. So I'm not suggesting the driver could have waved a magic wand to make my serious mistake go away. I'm saying that sprinkling in a bit of humanity, empathy, kindness, or at a minimum, some respect for our situation on his part was indicated. They were all indicated. And the fact that we allow ourselves to be amused or worse validated by the suffering of another person is a crime against humanity, full stop. If the only people who needed human nurturing were those asking for things, that would be one problem. But the bigger debacle brewing now in 2024 is that apathy in our world is not limited to a certain number of people. We all feel it 
on some level, we are all living our own version of, <laughs> lady, that's never going to happen. To demonstrate the point, consider the potential, and for our purposes, completely fabricated experience of that medical device person, uh, delivery person that day. Perhaps it went something like, the number of machines he was told to deliver that day was significantly higher than his normal load. Five extra machines, nowhere near each other, already meant that this driver would miss his dinner with his family and also get home after his youngest child had already gone to bed. One of the machines he delivered separately was faulty, and he had to return to pick it up and deal with telling the family there wasn't another one until at least tomorrow. On top of that, imagine the driver's dispatcher has ordered him to be the backup assist for a colleague whose company van broke down. This driver now has to make sure that that broken down van's items get where they're going also before clocking out. During one of his deliveries, he got a parking ticket, which wouldn't be a big deal, but since he has so many, he knows underneath that he's at risk for losing his license, and thus his job. While attempting to refuel the company van, his company credit card didn't work. It was frozen, probably, because of his backed-up expense reports and his lack of regular receipt submission. So in a pinch, he used his personal charge card, even though he knows that's going to get him in trouble at home. But what choice did he have? Now, here's where I come in. Toward the end of the day, this driver gets a phone call from me, a nameless, faceless, anonymous human that he has no connection to or care for, demanding he do even more in his day. I can, also, I can almost hear him telling the story to his pals over a beer. Can you believe it? This lady was so arrogant. She thought I would drop everything and drive to Montgomery County. All I could do was laugh. I said, lady, that's never going to happen. She's nuts. In conclusion, we're all feeling the painful effects of death by a thousand cuts through the chronic dehumanization of our culture and our world. And there's no major solution. We are not going to ever revert to earlier technologies. And as far as AI is concerned, I think we can agree the horse has left the proverbial artificial intelligence barn. And, of course, self-driving trucks are on the rise. But even if we can't solve the whole problem, here are two things we can do. One, be mindful that when interacting with anyone, that they have their own bag of shit to manage. And then the second is, when you're dealing with someone, find common ground, do your best. Sometimes... Letting someone you know you see them by saying something like, it must be a tough job having to drive all over the DMV with this necessary medical equipment. Sometimes a comment like that can disarm the other person, so a human-to-human -human interaction can ensue, instead of an anonymous, robotic transaction. Is doing either or both of these things easy? Certainly not. Did I feel like making a human connection when that driver laughed in my completely vulnerable face? Hell no.
And it didn't help in that situation. But there are situations where it does make a difference. Next time you're communicating over the phone with someone at a call center of any kind, try igniting the conversation with a quick, how are you today, fill in the blank with their name. And I've put in parentheses, include the person's name because it lets them know that they are seen. So that would look like, how are you today, Lisa? (laughs) Another way to try this is to ask where they're located geographically. Hey, where are you sitting today? And we can even ask about their local weather. What's the weather like there? If you're not yet inspired to fight for our day-to-day civility, think about how all the happy holidays and all the happy new year sentiments have softened our experience of the world over the recent holiday season. It's a very subtle thing, yet finishing a call or ending any interaction with a simple care for the other changes the energy of the entire engagement. I understand that this isn't easy, but neither is death by a thousand cuts. We have to be intentional about acting as human beings and not just creatures. And the way we do that is to remember that this too shall pass and that the person we are interacting with might have an even worse deal than we feel like we do. So welcome back to The Healing Path. And hey, Happy New Year to everybody. It's 2024. Pretty incredible that we're already into this uh, new year, but happy to be here. And this theme of dehumanization, it just hit me one day. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So feel free to jump if, you know, this is a time that you need to press pause or do something else. Um, and also, I want to talk about what we can do about it, because it it's really as obvious as the nose on our face, but we need to be reminded and we need to remind ourselves because the natural reaction to not being treated well or kindly or humanely uh, is to do the same. And so if we all do that, we're going we're gonna, <laughs> to, our planet is going to deteriorate and self-destruct even faster than the course is currently on. So let's talk about this. So the reason this popped up for me was I was interacting with somebody who was sort of going through their laundry list of things that had been a challenge for them in that particular day. And there were quite a few, no question. Um, And so I was listening to that and I was thinking about if that person who's already so frustrated comes up against another person who has had a similarly crappy day or um, felt repeatedly that at every turn you just couldn't get, that they just couldn't get what they needed. When you pair those two people up opposite one another and there's a conflict of any kind, whether it be in the work, you know, workspace or trying to get help with your cable bill or, I mean, forget it. Bills are actually pretty easy because when money comes in, they seem to jump on those calls live. But anyway, that's an aside. So I'm just saying, because we're all so fried is the word I like to use, but it just seems like we start out in such a way. And by the time the end of the day comes, you know, you may have had a lot of different things that needed attention. You had a limited amount of time. You have family life. Are we taking care of ourselves? Are we 
um, bringing our A-game in the workplace. All these things are just so many to consider. So when we need help with something, like if I want to be able to transfer funds from one bank account to another, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't take two weeks for them to be able to figure out how to help me do that. Just stupid things like that. And for me, you know, relatively speaking, because I have had so many um, opportunities to (laughs) be stressed and experience something like I did on that particular day, I remember it very clearly. It was a Tuesday and it was in January and I was scared to death. Um, Zach's father was away on business. I had no help. I had no way to feed him. So I was very, so things like that usually keep the other little things in perspective for me. But what I'm realizing now is it's just not the exception to have somebody be nasty or apathetic or um, presumptuous or entitled or rude. These are usually people that are good folks, um, not necessarily people who are trying to be bad folks. But what happens is it's like we have a tank of patience in our backpack and when we leave in the morning, whatever that looks like, proverbially, you know, it gets depleted as the day goes on. So all I'm saying is I think this is a problem across the board. I think it makes us all vulnerable. I think it chips away at the very things that we bring as human beings and not just creatures of of having the ability to check in with one another, to having the ability to relate and connect, not on a data level, not on a, um electric current level, but just on a human level, eye contact, a smile, a handshake. Lately, also for me, it's just been a bow, right? Just placing the two palms of the hand together in a namaste fashion or a namaskaram, as we say, um, instead of having to actually interact with the person physically. But anyway, whatever the thing is that you do, whatever the thing is, that allows you to reconnect. We've got to get really serious about being intentional on our connections because it's the only thing that's going to save us, honestly. So I want to turn now to just kind of as we're starting to wrap up here, the two things that we can do because again, some of these things they just feel so overwhelming like so many other difficult things in our uh, world that we do nothing because we don't, we feel like we can't fix it. We feel powerless. We can't see a road to contributing anything. So we just keep on about our business. So that's why I want to really just, as we're finishing here, close with talking about these two things that I think we can do because, you know, we can't solve this whole problem, but it starts with us. So the first thing is, (laughs) first of the two things is, Everyone and anyone, every single person, this is just a lesson in um, empathy. Every single person that we interact with, they have their own bag of shit to deal with. And let's just assume that they may not be having the greatest time of it today. We never know what's going on. And even if it's just the sheer inability to be kind, that's a sad state of affairs. So we also just want to Um, have compassion, you know, for that, if that's the case. So the first thing is (laughs) just know, you know, you're not the only one with a family and a job and a commute and a car breaking down and, you know, water coming in through the ceiling and a kid on a feeding tube. And, you know, I could go on and on. We're not alone. These are human things. They're frustrating and they're exacerbated by not being able to get them 
addressed as quickly and easily as we used to be able to. So the second thing we want to do is just this idea of finding common ground. And it's fun. You can play with this. You can do this in the grocery store. You can do this, you know, if you are driving through a fast food chain or if you're talking with particularly um, where it comes in handy is when you're on the phone with someone because you cannot, these cues and these elements of our interactions that as humans, we're drawn to one another, they don't exist on the phone, which is why, you know, certainly Zoom and other platforms have been very helpful. Um, But they don't, we lose all of that. We lose expression, we lose context, we lose um, just a million different things. We lose the actual chemistry between two living things. We lose it all when we're on the phone or, um, yeah, when we're on the phone or, you know, when we're Um, getting on to a call to ask about a service. So just saying the person's name, hey, Lisa, how's it going today? Yeah, I appreciate your time today. Here's what I'm dealing with. You know, set the call up with a, I know you're doing your thing and here's my thing. It's just a way to say, I see you. And you will be shocked at how it changes the energy of the conversation. Um, Just that one little thing. So I would suggest trying that. Um, But it could be anything, you know, often because when we are in person, we have so many, our brains are very trained to observe one another and to notice how are they dressed? What are they carrying? Do they have shoes on? Do they have, uh, you know, just to kind of take in the whole head to toe surround because that was at one time, you know, certainly very necessary for survival. So we notice those things. So my experience is, if I'm around anybody, I can find something to talk about. I can find a way to have us connect. I can find that common ground. And I knew I know sports lovers do this amazingly well. I'm not one of them, so I don't have that lingo. Um, but this is something that really strengthens uh, small talk, right? If you're a sports fan and you can talk sports, awesome. It's a whole nother language. And it's a connector. The weather is another easy one to go to, but find common ground. If you're face-to-face with someone, more than likely, they have on a color that uh, you could comment on. They may have a great smile. They may be frowning, in which case you can say, doesn't look like things are going your way today. Sorry to make it worse, but here's what I'm dealing with. You know, There are so many ways to acknowledge and interact and to use what we've got from human to human to connect. So that's really the second thing is we really just want to find this common ground and play with it. You know, you don't want to go overboard with, hey, you know, you seem like somebody that blah, blah, blah. We don't want to get into anybody's business for sure. All we're doing is saying, I see you. I know you're here to help me. I'm going to give this interaction the best shot it can the best shot I can at resolving my issue. Because at the end of the day, clearly I need to be on the phone with this person. Otherwise I would have taken care of it myself. So that's a quick look at uh, systematic dehumanization and just a couple little things we can do about it because we know we can't solve it, just the world we're living in. But yeah, we want to get really good at just remembering whomever uh, we're interacting with has a life and that life doesn't always go well for them either. And Find that common ground and just try to neutralize. That's a really easy, free, can be very fun way to try to connect the world. And if you get nothing in return, you're not out anything. You tried. So until we meet again, let's do our very best to stay present and to stay grateful and also to stay healing. And as always, I sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great new year.